This show is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find the mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has just the mattress for you. I took the Helix sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix midnight mattress because I wanted a medium firmness and I sleep on my side. I am sleeping so much better on my new mattress. Don't want to take my word for it? Well, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox, and you won't believe how well you'll sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and a free bedroom bundle for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com dailywire and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire, code HELIXPARTNER20. Today on the Matt Wall Show, yet another prominent beauty brand tries to sell its product to women by using men dressed in woman face. Also, garage door victim Bubba Wallace has a temper tantrum and tries to kill another driver during a race, but his victim status ensures that he will face no serious consequences. Plus, a Daily Wire report reveals what sources inside Vanderbilt have to say about Vanderbilt's pledge to pause gender transitions on minors. And don't believe your lying eyes. Joe Biden says that the economy is actually strong as hell, quote unquote. In our daily cancellation, an airline passenger is accused of fat shaming for complaining about being wedged between two morbidly obese people for a three-hour flight. Who's in the wrong there? We'll talk about all that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. Well, the Labor Department's Consumer Price Index, which catalogs the costs of goods, services, food, and rent, rose 0.4% over the month of August, double what many economies or economists had anticipated. Perhaps worse, core inflation, which excludes food and gas prices, saw the highest increase last month uh, that it's seen since uh, all the way back in August of 1982. What's the current administration doing to quell the surge of inflation? Well, they're spending more taxpayer dollars, of course. Don't bury your head in the sand while your savings deplete. Diversify into gold with Birch Gold today. Text Walsh to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with a gold with gold in a tax-sheltered account. The experts over at Birch Gold have almost 20 years of experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Why haven't you checked them out yet? Now's the time to do it. Gold has always been your best hedge against inflation. A diversified savings can protect you from downturns in the market. If you have a 401k or IRA that's underperforming, just text Walsh to 989898, and you can convert that into an IRA in precious metals right now. Birch Gold Group has an A-plus rating with Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. I already read that. Text Walsh to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Take the necessary steps to hedge against inflation today and protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit by texting Walsh to 989898 now. You know, there was a time not very long ago when uh, women's cosmetic and beauty brands would cater very specifically to women. They would arguably go over the top in that regard. Uh, Every ad, you know, was about 
how special and wonderful and unique and beautiful all women are just the way they are, which always did raise questions as to why they would need the products in the first place if they're already special and, and beautiful just the way they are. But the brands were, they were pandering, and they were pandering in a way that made sense to the customer base that they were trying to reach. That all started to change a few years ago. First was the announcement of the first dude cover girl, James Charles, in 2016. And this prompted a sort of nuclear arms race of wokeness uh, with other women's brands rushing to find and feature their own cross-dressers. Doesn't make a lot of sense from a practical or business standpoint. These companies are still predominantly selling to females. I mean, really only selling to females. And the point of a model for a fashion or cosmetic brand is to demonstrate what the product looks like. The female customers want to know what the product looks like on a woman, not on a drag queen. But the race was on in any case. Other beauty brands jumped in. Last year, Revlon tweeted a picture of a guy named David Lopez, bearded yet uh, caked in makeup, with this caption. Can we talk about how beautiful David Lopez's look is? It's all in the, de in the details. Color Stay Concealer, Candid Glow Foundation, Color Stay Satin Ink in your go-to 001 and Eyes on You 006. I don't know what the, most of those words mean, but I do know what beautiful means. And I know that this picture ain't it. David Lopez's look could better be described as ridiculous, grotesque, ugly, it appeals to almost no one on the planet. See, the, the woke left, they applaud this stuff in principle, but few of them actually find it attractive because it's not about being attractive or beautiful anyway. The fashion news site Nylon uh, profiled Lopez a few months ago and applauded him for, quote, demystifying and de-genderizing the beauty space. Yes, de-genderizing. That may be one of the more annoying fake words we've heard in recent years, but the greater point is that this is a campaign to take femininity away from women, to de-genderize it. The point was driven home a few days ago with the launch of a new podcast hosted by Ulta Beauty, which is the beauty brand that owns hundreds of salons all over the country. In an episode titled The Beauty of Girlhood, posted to Ulta Beauty's Twitter page, the de-genderizing David Lopez interviews quote-unquote trans woman, big scare quotes around that, Dylan Mulvaney. Now, you may recognize that name because Mulvaney has been all over the place recently, the media's latest and greatest trans mascot. Most recently, we talked about he was a featured speaker at the Forbes Women's Summit. And he came to prominence due to a TikTok series called Days of Girlhood, which documents his, quote, transition from man to girl. Not man to woman, you may note, but man to girl specifically. He identifies, this is a grown man who identifies not just as a woman, but as a girl. This transition, as the videos uh, document on his tic, uh, TikTok page, mostly consists of him prancing around while doing an exaggerated, over-the-top impression of femininity. You may recall this particularly degrading example. Here it is again. Day 66, being a girl, and today I'm in nature. Trees, I love them. Water, lakes, I love them. Heels, they're my hiking heels. I love them. Bridges, love them. Coconut water, love it. Not nad, just love it. Wind turbine, love it. <laughs> Meadows, love them. I'm scared of getting Lyme disease. 
Love ya. You know, I've been hiking in the woods with my wife many times. She does not wear high heels and spandex for the occasion. In fact, she wouldn't wear that combination for any occasion, least of all a stroll through nature. That's because my wife is an actual woman, like a real one. Dylan Mulvaney has transitioned not into a woman, but into a cartoon. And yet corporate brands and the media have made him into a spokesman for womanhood, which leads to this podcast in which two males discuss the beauty of girlhood. And that is where this is said. Listen. Now I know I can find love. I know I can still be a performer. I know that I can have a family. I want to be a mom one day. And I absolutely can. And that's why the narrative still has a long way to go. Because when I was grieving Boy Dylan, I didn't know those things were even accessible to me. A mom one day, he says. That's that's all it takes. You know, put on some lipstick and uh, stick a red bow in your hair. And suddenly the rules of biology no longer obtain. You can be a mom, or so he thinks. Yet, unfortunately for Dylan, if he ever wakes up to find his belly distended, it's not going to be a human child in there. It might be, you know, maybe he contracted a parasite from some bad sushi, or else maybe he's about to reenact that scene from Alien. But whatever condition afflicts him, he, we can be sure that uh, the maternal experience will always elude his grasp. Now, this discussion about girlhood continues for almost an hour, Two men, again, discussing the beauty of girlhood, not womanhood, girlhood. I'm not going to subject you to, to much more of it, but, but I did find this portion interesting, where the two men give their thoughts about the nature and definition of beauty. Listen. The beauty really is, it's the potential. I don't think beauty for me is like an end goal or like a one thing, you know, a one look or a one specific moment. It's it's the ever-changing potential to see myself in a, in a light that makes me really happy. Yeah, that's so special. And it, I mean, it's one of the many reasons I love you and adore you and what you do you. and um, why people, I think, relate to you because there's this idea and this concept that we as queer people, we are the stewards of change of yep. this new world because we are willing to live our life joyfully through adversity and willing to love ourselves despite the world telling us we shouldn't. You know, there are certainly many criticisms we can level against these two, but we cannot accuse them of having a low self-image. That's one thing we can't say. That is not a problem often evident on the LGBT left where they tend to carry around such massive and hefty egos that you wonder how they manage to walk upright or fit through door frames. We note, as always, that the self is put at the center here. Dylan defines beauty as the ever-changing potential to see myself in a light that makes me happy. Now, that's wordier than it needs to be because these people are allergic to speaking clearly, but the point is that beauty is simply whatever makes him feel good. Truth is also whatever makes him feel good. Womanhood is whatever makes him feel good. Literally all of life, every part of life is defined by its ability to make him feel good about himself. Everything really has the same definition and no definition at all at the same time. Of course, this is not just nonsensical, but incredibly demeaning and offensive. There is no substantive difference between this and a brand using a, a white guy in blackface to market to black people. And the insult becomes all the more outrageous when you consider that Mulvaney just, quote, became a woman, or a girl, sorry, 
a few months ago as a TikTok stunt. Now, now he, he not only claims the title for himself, but even deems himself worthy to speak for women. He hasn't experienced any of the things that women uniquely experience. He hasn't encountered any of the challenges that women uniquely encounter. He hasn't paid the toll that women have to pay. He can't relate to being a woman. He has absolutely no insight to offer on the subject. He puts on a minstrel show, and we're expected to act like it's the real deal. Now, the good news is that a great many people seem to be tired, finally, of pretending, of playing along. I've been waiting for the moment when most of society gets sick of this garbage, this nonsense that we, we have all always recognized as nonsense. And now finally, it seems like lots of people don't want to play along anymore. The reaction to this Ulta Beauty campaign has been almost uniformly negative. The company has disabled the comments on YouTube and on Twitter because almost every comment was critical. Women in particular are speaking out, and now a boycott movement is growing. Now, I myself have been boycotting Ulta Beauty since the day I was born, but the hope is that actual customers will follow through and refuse to give their business to a company that advertises to them by degrading and demeaning them. This should be a, in a, a, really, a really easy decision. You know, there's like just no reason why you should give your money to this company ever again. In a just world, Ulta Beauty would be bankrupted and destroyed by next month, which is what needs to happen. You know, it's one thing to be tired of the appropriation and degradation of womanhood, but now the people responsible for it need to feel the consequences. And that's the only way to make all of this stop, finally. Now let's get to our five headlines. We're celebrating a huge win this month in the fight against transing the kids, with Vanderbilt Hospital agreeing to pause all gender transition surgeries on minors, but the fight is far from over. There is still so much we can do to protect our children from this evil leftist insanity. One thing you can do today is write a will. Many new parents don't realize how important it is to have a will in place, but the sad truth is that if you were to die tomorrow without a will, the fate of your children will be left up to the state. I don't know about you, but I don't want the state deciding anything for my family. Luckily, my partners over at Epic Will make nearly will make early estate planning incredibly easy and affordable. They bundle your last will, your living will, healthcare power of attorney, HIPAA release, and durable financial power of attorney. Plus, you can save 10% when you use code Walsh. It only costs $119 for a single person to create a will. And when you use promo code Walsh, you'll save 10%. So go to epicwill.com, use promo code Walsh to save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That's epicwill.com, promo code Walsh. By the way, Media Matters, uh, this is hot off the presses. They have their latest hit on me. Uh, they're passing around today a clip of me from my All Access on Friday where I say that anime is satanic. Now, in fairness, somebody asked me in the All Access how I feel about anime. And I, I said that I have no argument for this, no argument really to support it. It just feels satanic to me. It, just, it seems weird and bizarre and kind of demonic. That's the vibe I get, okay? That's, it's a vibe. That's all it is. It's a, it's a demonic vibe. I don't have to explain. That's the whole point of the vibe. I don't have to explain it. It just is. So anime and yoga, both satanic. I don't, what, what else do you want me to tell you? That's how, that's how I, it's my lived truth. That's how I experience it. 
The great thing is that I said this, but here's the point. I, I said this on Friday on an all access, which means, first of all, that Media Matters, they not only watch all of our content, but they are all access members. They are, they are in fact, our highest paying. <laughs> they have paid for our highest paying membership status, our uh, most expensive membership in order to you know, watch everything we do and everything we say. And they want to, because especially they want to get the off the cuff, which is what All Access is, by the way. If you're not an All Access member, uh, like Media Matters is, then uh, are you going to let Media Matters support the Daily Wire more than you do? Come on. Should all be All Access members. But this is, you, know, we, you ask questions, you get our off the cuff answer. And if you ask me a question about anime and want to get me talking off the cuff about it, this is what you're going to get. I stand by it. 100%. Can I necessarily justify it? No. But that never stops the left. They can't justify anything they say. So why should I have to? It is satanic. In fact, I'll go a step further and I'll say, based on what I understand, if you watch anime for up to 30 minutes in a row, you will become demonically possessed. That's what Studies have shown that. All right, let's begin here. It's pretty rare that we uh, cover NASCAR on this show. I, I can't pretend that I'm much of a fan, though I had respected it for being the only unwoke professional sports league, if you can call NASCAR a sport, which is it's a different conversation. But uh, it, it was unwoke. For At least it seemed to me that it was. And that is until Bubba Wallace had a panic attack over a garage door pull and uh, NASCAR responded by trying to turn him into a civil rights hero, and all the other drivers fell to their knees before him, and they did a 21-gun salute and a fighter jet flyover, and they awarded him the Medal of Freedom, the Nobel Peace Prize, because he, because of his, he was traumatized by his garage door. All of NASCAR's unwoke credentials went flying out the window in one fell swoop because of that. And that was also the last NASCAR-related story that I was aware of. Until this, which also features garage door victim Bubba Wallace. From the Daily Wire, it says, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace erupted into a fit of rage during a race on Sunday as he attacked another driver after causing that driver to crash. The incident happened during stage two of the South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway when Wallace, who won stage one, was next to driver Kyle Larson when Larson attempted a three-wide pass. Larson moved up the track and his car gave a slight tap to Wallace's car, causing Wallace's car to brush up against the wall. After brushing up against the wall, Wallace bounced into Larson's car and then continued by tracking Larson's car down the track and slamming into the rear of his car, causing both cars to spit to spin out. And we have the footage of this incident, which is what led up to everything. Uh, so here it is. Like I said, you don't, you don't see a lot of NASCAR footage in this show. There we go. Tracks him down. Why not? Just play bumper cars going 180 miles an hour. And they both spin out. And nobody was seriously hurt from what I understand. But it, that's, it just so happens that nobody's seriously hurt. So um, going back to the Daily Wire report, it says, After both cars came to a stop, Wallace, who has previously been described as, as being self-righteous and smug, got out of his car and physically attacked Larson, who's smaller than Wallace. Larson tried to get away from Wallace, and the physical attack was only stopped when NASCAR officials intervened. So here's, here's that part. Now they get out of the car. Trying to be a tough guy dressed like Ronald McDonald. Tough guy in the Ronald McDonald uniform. Last seen sobbing over a scary rope in his garage. But he's, uh, he's tough and scary. And unfortunately, the other dude, who's that, Kyle Larson, just like runs away from him. 
But, but there's a reason why he runs away, and we'll get to that in a second. So, to review, Bubba Wallace gets angry, um, rams his car into another driver going 180 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour, which is essentially attempted murder. I mean, you could easily kill somebody doing that. Wallace should face criminal charges for this. You, you could kill someone. Um, but then he gets out, physically assaults the guy, and later being interviewed by a reporter, he continues to be, of course, childish and petulant, blaming everyone but himself, because what else is he going to do? Let's listen to that. What happened? Cliff Daniel said, if that wasn't retaliation, I don't know what was. Was it intentional retaliation on your behalf? Clint's smart enough to know how easy these cars break. So when you get shoved into the fence, like deliberately, like he did, trying to force me to lift, steering was gone. So just so happened to be there. Um, hate it. Hate it for our team. Um, fast, super fast car. Had no short run speed, as you were seeing. We were kind of falling there. Larson wanted to make a three wide dive bomb. Never cleared me. And uh, I don't lift. So I know I'm kind of new to running up the front, but I don't lift. So wasn't even in a spot to lift, and he never lifted either. And now we're junk, so just a piss-poor move on his execution. When situations like this happen, Bubba, at this speed, is retaliation an acceptable thing? Stop fishing. Stop fishing. I'm not fishing. I'm just asking you. Let's also talk about the message you wanted to send to Kyle by going up to him after the incident. He knows. He knows that what he did was wrong. Uh, he wanted to question what I was doing. He never cleared me, so... Um, just hate it for our team. Our McDonald's Toyota Camry was super solid. Just needed to find a little bit on the short run, get the balance where we needed it, and it would have been just like Kansas, but now that car's jumped. There's always unintended consequences when something like this happens. Christopher Bell was a part of that, clearly a Toyota teammate and a playoff driver. Your reaction to that? Sports. Okay. Uh, so he says, the reporter, stop fishing. Stop fishing. Well, he's, he's asking you questions about what you just did. So he's, I mean, he's fishing for an answer by like directly asking you. So apparently, no big surprise. Wallace has a, a reputation for being an enormous brat and a crybaby. Um, although now he's escalated to actually trying to murder his fellow drivers because he's upset. He had this reputation, in fairness, before he was traumatized by a garage door, which only which only makes their humoring of him during that incident all the more egregious. They knew that he was an attention-starved prima donna. And they went along with it anyway. And now he's basically empowered to do whatever he wants, act how he wants, because of the victim points that the incident afforded him. Uh, and he's probably, McDonald's won't even drop him. You get McDonald's logo on his uniform, on his car while he's trying to kill somebody. And is that going to mean that McDonald's will drop him? No, they, they won't. They can't because of the victim points he has. Victim points that he somehow retained, despite the fact that everyone knows that it was a hoax with the garage door. That was confirmed. They sent 15 FBI agents to investigate, and even they couldn't find a reason to call it a hate crime. They weren't there to investigate. They were there. They were PR. Okay, this was a, a public relations crisis, and they sent the FBI there as a PR move, and they were trying to figure out how can we bail Bubba Walls out of, out of this? How can we come up with some way to call this a hate crime? And even they couldn't do it, despite their best efforts. Speaking of law enforcement, You'd think, again, if law enforcement was going to get involved in a NASCAR-related incident, it would be here, where a driver smashes his car into someone else intentionally, trying to cause an accident. But that, again, won't happen because of Bubba Wallace's victim points. So this is, a, this is a good lesson for us. It shows us, once again, what happens when we empower these cry bullies. This is what happens when we vindicate and validate 
a person's feelings of entitlement. Bubba Wallace is pretty clear is someone who has never been told no in his life. Just like Jesse Smollett, it's like you, you don't end up in this acting this way if you've been told no. He's never had the, the character building experience of being told no. And without that character building experience, you have no character. You can't have character, integrity, dignity as a man if you don't know how to deal with frustration, loss, defeat. I guarantee Bubba Wallace, he was the kind of kid who would like you know, fall and scrape his knee and start crying hysterically. And rather than having a dad who would say, hey, son, you're fine. Rub some dirt on it. You'll be, you're, you're fine. Get up. You'll be, you'll be okay. Just run it off. Rather than having that, he was fond and pampered over. And he learned that as long as he is upset or sad or pretending to be, he gets all the attention he wants. And that with attention, he gets power. Attention is power. And he's brought that strategy with him into his adult life. And now look at him. The only remedy is the word no. The only cure to force people like this to confront harsh realities is just to tell them no. They come along crying about the garage door pull, pretending that they're a victim of racism. You say, no, you're not. Just, get, no, get over yourself. Yeah, but I feel like I am. It, 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 it still hurts me. Eh, yeah, that's your problem. I really don't care. Grow up, Bubba. Just grow up. But he wasn't told that. In fact, if I remember that, that incident correctly, even after it was revealed, because it was pretty, pretty, pretty quickly, it was revealed that that whole thing was was not real. And like you, those of us with two brain cells in our heads, uh, we knew from the beginning, even before the, the uh, photo came out or there's any investigation, the moment we heard that someone planted a noose in a NASCAR garage, the moment we heard that, we're like, no, nah, that didn't happen. It just it didn't happen. But then, but then very quickly it was confirmed that it wasn't a noose. And yet NASCAR even still said that they were going to mandate sensitivity training and unconscious bias awareness training for their employees. Even in spite of the fact that it was just a rope to, to uh, pull up and down the garage. And you ended up with this self-entitled brat. All right. Uh, Here's a story from the Daily Wire. And this is kind of exciting because I have the physical, they handed me this. this. This literally just came across my desk. I have the physical paper with the story. Just feels a lot more official when you read it from here. This is actually important. Um, so this is a headline, Vanderbilt and in- insiders fear transgender surgeries on minors will resume. It says some employees at a top Tennessee hospital were relieved to learn last week that it will freeze transgender surgeries on minors, but told the Daily Wire only a law can ensure the practice, which can include the removal of a minor girl's breast, ends for good. Venable University Medical Center suspended pediatric gender surgeries under pressure from state lawmakers, but three medical professionals who work or have worked at VUMC, all speaking on the condition of anonymity, were skeptical that the pause would become permanent. One source told the Daily Wire, Quote, Vanderbilt is a liberal-led institution. Anytime anybody lets pressure off, they'll continue to push these types of procedures. Uh, second source said it won't stop until it's banned by law in this state. Um, you know, last month, the footage shared by the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh of a VUMC doctor referring to irreversible transgender surgeries as huge moneymakers prompted the sources to come forward. Each source said that they were extremely uncomfortable with transgender surgeries on minors being performed at the hospital and that many of their colleagues were as well but feared retaliation from the hospital if they were able, if they were to speak up with their name attached to it. A third source said, quote, many of us aren't okay with what's happening. So these are sources at Vanderbilt who work there. But still, even though Vanderbilt has said that they're pausing these procedures, 
uh, still the people working there who are sources don't feel that they can't say anything publicly because of the um, of the consequences that were alluded to in, in one of those videos that we uh, revealed. In a statement announcing the pause, VUMC said they've performed double mastectomy surgeries on girls at least 16 years of age on an average of five per year since their pediatric gender clinic's inception in 2018. But a source told The Daily Wire that they have firsthand knowledge that at least 10 minors have received double mastectomies this year, which is double what VUMC says is their average. The Daily Wire has not been able to independently confirm these figures. So these are people, again, working at uh, Vanderbilt who say that, you know, they're, they're Vanderbilt's claims that they're pausing the procedures, and all indications are, are that they are right now, which is a big victory because it is going to save, in, in, in real time and in real terms, it's going to save children right now from being mutilated. Big victory, big deal. But there's no reason to think that the pause will be permanent unless the law is changed. And we do also know that, well, at least according to one source, uh, what Vanderbilt claimed in their letter saying that they're going to pause what they claim does not comport with the facts. So what does that mean? It means that we have to keep our um, foot on the gas. There's no reason to let up. Quite the opposite. Which is why I hope to see you at our rally, which is on Friday. Again, this is Friday, October 21st at uh, the state capitol here in in Nashville. It'll be at 4 o'clock. So we need as many people there as we can get. Um, And this is about showing lawmakers showing the country, I mean, showing all politicians, showing the culture that people people care about this. This is just unacceptable. We are not going to tolerate this. We're not going to tolerate it in this state. We're not going to tolerate it anywhere. So we hope to see you there on um, Friday. All right, you may think that it, it seems like the economy is in rough shape, but Biden, while chomping on his ice cream, says that uh, actually that the economy is, as he puts it, strong as hell, it turns out. Let's listen. More economic Are you concerned about the strength of the dollar right now? I'm not concerned about the strength of the dollar. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Does that make sense? Yes. Our economy is strong as hell. The internal. Inflation is worldwide. It's worse off everywhere else than it is in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy in other countries, not so much ours. That's how it's worldwide inflation that's consequential. Okay, well, hard to understand what he was saying there because uh, he's got a mouthful of ice cream and also there's all the noise in the background. But he says that the economy is strong to sell. You know, here, here's the thing. I, I don't need politicians to pretend that they feel our pain. I don't need to feel like they're just uh, one of the common men in everyday American, as they like to say. I don't need for a politician to be the kind of guy that I want to have a beer with. We always hear about that, especially around election time. Oh, what's, which, which, you know, voters want to vote for the guy who they feel like they could sit down and have a beer with. I don't care about that. I wouldn't want to have a beer with any of these people, uh, even the good ones. I'm not sure I really want to sit down and have a beer with them. So I don't need that, but I do need to see that they at least intellectually, in theory, understand and appreciate the severity of the problems that Americans face. Um, I already know that they're insulated from most of those problems. 
especially politicians in D.C., most of them are independently wealthy, uh, and they, you know, so they don't have to worry about the economy. They don't live in the in the uh, parts of town that are, you know, gripped by a violent crime epidemic, so they don't have to worry about that. Plus, they have armed security all the time. So I know that they're insulated from it, but do they at least understand intellectually that this is happening? I need to see some sign of urgency. And with Biden and the rest of the Democrats, there is simply none of that. They don't care. They deny that it's a problem. They, they fluctuate between denying that the problem exists, and then sometimes they'll say, well, yeah, the problem exists, but it's actually a good thing. But what the undercurrent running underneath all of that is that they just, they just don't care. And it's, it's not even that their, their solutions to these problems are bad or counterproductive. It's that they don't, there are none. They're not even trying to solve the problems. Um, here's a really interesting article from Bjorn Lomberg in the Financial Post. He says, it's easy to believe life on Earth is getting ever worse. The media constantly highlights one catastrophe after another and makes terrifying predictions. With the never-ending torrent of doom and gloom about climate change and the environment, it's understandable why many people, especially the young, genuinely believe the world is about to end. But the fact is that though problems remain, the world is getting better. We just rarely hear about it. We are incessantly told about disasters, whether it's the latest heat wave, flood, wildfire, or storm, yet the data overwhelmingly shows that over the past century, people have become much, much safer from all these weather events. In the 1920s, around half of a million uh, people were killed by weather disasters, whereas in the last decade, the death toll averaged around 18,000. This year, like uh, both 2020 and 2021, is tracking below that. Why? Because when people get richer, they get more resilient. But it's not only weather disasters that are getting less damaging despite dire predictions. A decade ago, environmentalists loudly declared that Australia's magnificent Great Barrier Reef was nearly dead, killed by bleaching caused by climate change. The Guardian newspaper even published an obituary to it. This year, scientists revealed that two-thirds of the Great Barrier Reef shows the highest coral cover seen since the records began in 1985. The Good News report got a fraction of the attention the bad news did. Um, not long ago, environmentalists constantly used pictures of polar bears to highlight the dangers of climate change. Polar bears even featured in Al Gore's terrifying movie, An Inconvenient Truth. But the reality is that polar bear numbers have been increasing from somewhere between five and 10,000 polar bears in the 1960s up to around 26,000 today. We don't hear this news, however. Instead, campaigners just quietly stopped using polar bears in their activism. Okay, this is the part that really interested me um, because I, I didn't know that either. I just, like, like most people, I, I don't keep track of polar bear news. And so this is just something I've, I remember hearing about this since I was a kid, that polar bears are almost extinct. And I just kind of had that bouncing around in my head. I hadn't really looked into it. And it turns out that you know, the polar bear situation is uh, much better than it used to be. He goes on to list other indications of improvement in terms of climate and economy, but the bit about the polar bear is fascinating because he's right. We, we heard incessantly about the polar bear crisis, their pending extinction, and then suddenly the chicken littles on this particular topic just stopped talking about it. Nobody ever came around and said, hey, uh, good news, everybody. Polar bear situation is fine now. You can stop worrying about polar bears. I've spent the last... I've spent 36 years of my life worrying deeply about polar bears. I wake up every morning worried about the polar bear situation. No one ever told me that they're actually doing okay. Because that's what they do. They just stop talking about it. They move on to the next crisis. You hear about the problem, and then you stop hearing about the problem, but you're never told that the problem was solved. 
And what is the effect? The effect is that our minds are just assaulted by panic and doom 24-7. And they, they never give you the glimmer of light at the end. So you got the problem, the problem, the problem. And then at the end, you should have, oh, here's the good news. Here's what happened with that. But they just, no, we're going to leap from that to the next one. And, you know, here's the thing that there there are always crises in the world. There's always an impending Armageddon. There's always going to be. If you live on planet Earth, there are always really bad things happening. Um, There's always the potential for disaster lurking around the corner. It could come in many different forms. That always exists. You know, um, there are always going to be species of animals that are either on the verge of extinction or actually have gone extinct. Like 99% of all animals who ever lived on Earth went extinct before human civilization existed. So you're, you're always going to have that. It's never going to go away. You're always going to have animals going extinct. You're always going to have uh, natural disasters. You're also always going to you're always going to have viruses that are out there that could become epidemics or pandemics. All of that stuff is always there. It's just a question of focus. What do you choose to focus on? And in our culture, in the media age, it's the media that decides what we focus on. And this is really, this is, this is the nature of media propaganda much of the time. Now, yeah, they do, we, we hear about fake news and, and they do invent stories sometimes. And then there are other stories that are half invented and half not. You know, they, they kind of fictionalize it's sort of based on a true story. But much of what they tell us is basically true. It's just, but the, the, the fake news part of it comes in from what they choose to focus on. So they're kind of, they're giving you bits of information that, mo- that might be mostly accurate. But the question is, what are they leaving out? And that's, that's the way it generally works. All right. This is from Yahoo. The latest environmentalist trend is here, pouring out milk in grocery stores. All across the UK, teenagers concerned about the environment are doing milk pours. The new trend involves going into grocery stores, picking up cartons of cow-produced milk, and pouring out their contents, according to animal rights group Animal Rebellion. Videos that have popped up on social media show teens pouring milk onto the floor over sales counters and elsewhere in the store. Uh, This group says, quote, the dairy industry is incredibly environmentally destructive. The world's top five meat and dairy corporations are now responsible for more GHG emissions than Exxon, Shell, or BP. We need a a plant-based future now. Now, so we we just saw on Friday those uh, self-entitled environmentalist brats who, you know, went to an art gallery and poured tomato soup on a Van Gogh painting, and uh, now they've moved on to this. Let's watch one of these videos here. They're allowed to stay in there and simply dump all the milk out. 
No one is stopping. Okay, here's one guy. It looks like he's trying to stop him. He's trying to reason with them, but they're not. They don't care. Oh, and he's now he's just gonna walk away. Oh, he is an employee. He's got the headset on. Okay, how about actual security come and grab these girls and drag them out? That's one strategy we could think about. I just want to keep watching to see if does anyone drag these, these? No, they don't. No one takes them out. They're allowed to. So you've got the uh, British store clerks there, very politely. Uh, hey, would you would you mind coming? No, they, they're just going to ignore them. This is the theme today, self-entitled brats who suffer no consequences. And you know something else about this uh, left-wing activism? Especially, when, especially left-wing environmental activism. The people who suffer the most from it, the people who have to pay the consequences for it, it's always like minimum wage, blue-collar workers. Because there's, a, there's a, you know, a janitor at that grocery store who's going to have to clean all that up. That's the only person you're punishing. You're not punishing the dairy farms, but they've they're already getting they already made their money off of that. The only person you're punishing is the janitor who now has to go and clean up all the milk. Same thing with the environmentalists when they go and they they, they clog up traffic. Who are you punishing when you clog up traffic? You, you sit in the middle of the street. You're not punishing the uh, oil companies. No, you're punishing people that have to get to work. And the frustrating thing is that all of this could be easily solved, could be easily solved with consequences. The only reason why these people do this is because they know that there's not going to be any serious consequences. You start putting serious consequences in place and most of this just goes away. And that's the case with environmentalist vandalism. That's the case with uh, most of the crime in the cities serious consequences, and this stuff stops. What's the consequence here? First of all, you physically drag them out. And then for them, you know, put them in jail for, I don't know. For them, you know, like probably a month would do it. Severe fine, give them some jail time, drag them out. We're not doing that again. No consequences at all, and uh, you end up with this, and you're going to get a lot more of it too. While tackling your New Year's goals, don't forget about your daily dose of fruits and vegetables, which just got easier to remember thanks to Balance of Nature. Their fruit and veggie capsules offer a convenient way to consume those essential nutritional ingredients daily. So improve your diet and feel your best this year. Go to balanceofnature.com and use promo code WIRE for 35% off, plus a free fiber and spice in your first order as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code WIRE. Now let's get to our comment section. Annie says, luckily the Van Gogh painting is okay. Also, those two have been arrested. Hopefully they get charged for a good amount of time for vandalism. Uh, okay, it's, it's good if they were able to salvage the painting. I hadn't heard that, so that's good news. Um, I would expect that they were at least arrested Okay, we're not quite at the point where you could do that and not even be arrested for it. But uh, yeah, they were arrested. The question is, do they actually get prison time for it? And I find that really hard to believe. 
There should be. There should be serious prison time. I said on Friday, 15 years in prison. I, I didn't mean that as a joke. You're, you are attempting to damage something that is priceless. Um, and a, a society that is serious about itself, about its art, about its culture, its history, would bring down the hammer on people like that. But I, I just don't see it happen. Daniel says, Matt, are you practicing your WNBA cheerleader cheers? Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not practicing them. Does the WNBA even have cheerleaders? I wasn't aware of that. If they do, I have to assume that they recruit their cheerleaders from like acting schools because it, it, would, it would take a, a real acting performance to pretend that you're excited about the WNBA each night. Uh, but I guess I'll, I don't know, I'll find out if they have cheerleaders because I am certainly going to come in last place in our fantasy football league. And I have to admit that I am deeply regretting my life choices at this point. Uh, I knew that I wouldn't update my team or pay attention to it. I knew that going in. I said that. I said that all along. And I followed through. I followed through on not following through on fantasy football, which is what I said would happen. And at first, when it was uh, this idea of, of the loser has to go to a WNBA game, it, when it was just an idea and it was a hypothetical, I, I, you know, I sort of resigned myself to it, and I thought it was a funny idea. There's no question about it. Yet now it's closely becoming an actual reality, and I'm, I'm feeling this kind of creeping dread. Oh, I'm being told that WNBA does have cheerleaders. Okay, are they female, or is it a, do they do male cheerleaders for the males and females? Okay. Tough job. Not a job I'd want to do. The worst part, though, about this, you have to understand, is that the nearest WNBA team, this is the other thing, I didn't realize this when we originally agreed to the WNBA punishment. I didn't realize that the nearest WNBA team is like five hours away. So this isn't even just a quick joke where you head down to the local WNBA stadium and you're back in a few hours. I thought that's what it would be. I thought, I figured that the WNBA, they play their games down at the local uh, YMCA gymnasium, and, uh, and you go, you're there back in two hours, because obviously you don't have to worry about crowds or traffic or anything like that. But now, it, it, now I realize it's, it's like a, it could be like a two-day excursion. This is an overnight deal. I'm going to have to leave for the night. And how am I going to explain that to my wife? So she has to stay back with the kids so that I can go to a WNBA game because I lost a fantasy football league. So not only do I have to go to a WNBA game, but I'm going to have to I'm going to have an annoyed wife to deal with on top of it. It's just it's not it's not fair. Maybe I could send my wife instead. Could she pinch it for me? Although I wouldn't want to do that because then she she might enjoy it somehow. She might come back and she's now like a big WNBA fan. And so then I've I've replaced a, a night of misery for a lifetime of pain. And so I, I can't even do that. I'm, I'm just stuck with it. There's nothing I can do. Um, Drink Water says, as a student at UH, I appreciate you coming. Uh, I appreciate you for coming to speak, Matt. Left wing students are livid on campus right now. It's hilarious, but also sad to see. As far as I can tell, the student body in this university is largely left wing. So me and other conservatives get called names if we go against their agenda. I'm lucky enough to be a person of color, so they don't always call me a KKK member as much as they do some other white conservative students. I'm sorry these people made us look so bad. Also, somehow the anti-transphobia group is calling their work last night a success, even though all they did is act like children whining and screaming about fascism when they're in fact the real fascists. Why is it so much to ask for them to just leave others, especially kids alone? 
Well, if you could send me, so I, I didn't realize this. So it doesn't surprise me, but the left-wing groups at University of Houston, I guess what they're, they're spiking the football and saying was a big success. If you have any screenshots of that, I'd love to see it so I could join in the laugh. <laughs> the, the event happened. Uh, we had hundreds of people there, sold out crowd, and uh, it was great. And then we went, we went home and it was fine. That's a success for them. All right. If that's the kind of success you, you want to claim for yourself, I, I, won't, I won't take it away from you. Jeremy's Razors is currently having a 40% off fall sale through National No Beard Day, October 18th, 2022. National No Beard Day. Well, I can't, I, like in good conscience, I can't even be a part of this. Stop giving your money to woke razor companies that hate you. Shave with the Jeremy's Razors instead. Purchase a Founders Shave Kit for 40% off plus free shipping, which uh, brings the price below $30. Visit jeremysrazors.com to save today. I feel morally compromised now. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Today for our daily cancellation, I must come to the defense of a fellow YouTuber and commentator. Sidney Watson was the subject of internet outrage over the weekend and generated critical, critical headlines in the media after she complained about her experience on an American Airlines flight where she was stuck for several hours between two morbidly obese passengers. Now, it all began with this tweet thread published uh, in Helpless Anguish a few days ago in which Watson writes, quote, I am currently literally wedged between two obese people on my flight. This is absolutely not acceptable or okay. If, If fat people want to be fat, fine. But it's something else entirely when I'm stuck between you with your arm rolls on my body for three hours. She continues, I don't care if this is mean. My entire body is currently being touched against my wishes. I can't even put the armrest down on either side because there's no effing room. I'm sick of acting like fatness to this extent is normal. Let me assure you, it is not. I'm so effing mad. I don't even have words. If you need a seatbelt extender, you are too fat to be on a plane. Buy two seats or don't fly. I said to the man, hey, we can swap seats if you'd like to sit together. His sister is on my left. He says, no, that's okay. And then I started shrieking internally. Now, in photos taken secretly, though not revealing the other passengers' faces, you can actually see that their bodies are, in fact, spilling over into her seat, squeezing her in on either side. In fact, they have so much oversized baggage attached to their physical frames that Watson can't even put her tray table down. There's another photo of her trying to put the tray table down, and one of their uh, stomachs is like in the way, and she can't put it down. This is very much like the scene in Star Wars where Luke and Leia wind up in a trash compactor that nearly crushes them to death. Except in this case, the trash compactor is made out of sweaty human flesh and thus is far more horrifying. Also, if memory serves me, I think C-3PO bailed them out of that jam, but Sidney Watson had no one to rescue her. Not even after the fact, when American Airlines responded to her complaints with this. This was their response, their official company response. Quote, our passengers come in all different sizes and shapes. We're sorry you were uncomfortable on your flight, period. Of course, if your luggage weighs one pound over 50, American Airlines will charge you a hundred extra dollars. If it weighs over a hundred pounds, you can't bring it on the flight at all. So luggage is not allowed to come in all shapes and sizes, but a passenger can take up one and a half seats And the poor sap who gets stuck with the half seat just has to deal with it, apparently. This is the view of American Airlines and of the American media, which, as mentioned, blasted Watson for fat shaming the bulbous individuals who nearly suffocated her. But as always, the media and the outrage mob have gotten this one entirely wrong. It is perfectly reasonable 
and appropriate for Sidney Watson to complain about this. And, and the reason why it's reasonable is very simple. She paid for a seat on the airplane. She, she paid for the entire width of the seat. She paid for the privilege of occupying that assigned space. And she paid a lot of money. Even if it's a, a crappy middle seat, she still paid a lot of money because flying is not cheap. The obese people on either side of her are taking space that does not belong to them and that they did not pay for. So she is indeed the aggrieved party in this case. She is entirely in the right. In fact, she is obviously, self-evidently in the right. It is absurd to expect a person to simply be okay with having someone else's body, two people's bodies as it happens, wedged against theirs for several hours in a row. You're, you're flying on a plane, not attending an orgy. This kind of physical intimacy should not be part of the bargain. It's only become a standard feature of the air travel experience because, for one thing, the airlines treat their passengers like livestock. And for another, so many passengers these days, in terms of size, are not far off from livestock. No offense. It's an untenable situation. Made all the worse when it's cloaked in the language of body positivity. But really, it's got nothing to do with any of that. This all stems from a total lack of concern for fairness, for health, and for the comfort and well-being of paying customers. And it's also a symptom of a, of a common problem in our culture, one that we talk about a lot on this show, where time and time again, we encounter a situation where somebody has to be out of luck, right? It's a zero-sum kind of contest. Someone has to be inconvenienced. Someone has to be made uncomfortable. Someone has to be the loser in the situation. And when that happens, we always choose the wrong person to lose. We always give the short straw to the exact person who should not be forced to draw it. And we do this without even acknowledging that we're doing it. In the case of air travel, we can either require that morbidly obese people pay for first class or for multiple seats, or simply forbid them from buying tickets at all if they can't fit into one seat, or... Or we can force normal-sized customers to give up a third or half of their seats and have their personal space invaded and be unable to use the features of the plane they paid for and force them to be uncomfortable and miserable for their, the entirety of their flight. Those are the two options. It has to be one or the other. The, the morbidly obese passenger creates a situation where someone has to be the loser. Someone has to come out on bottom. And someone has to be inconvenienced. And it's incredibly obvious that the, 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 the someone in this case should be the morbidly obese passenger who has created the situation in the first place. But instead, just as we do with boys who want to access the girls' locker room and with many other similar situations, we say that the person creating the problem should be exempt from its consequences, while innocent bystanders should be forced to bear the burden. It's completely backwards and ridiculous. That, that's the situation. That, that's that's the thing. Here. When you when you are morbidly obese and you get on an airplane, it, you are creating a situation that didn't exist before, and someone's going to have to suffer the consequences, unfortunately, for that. Now, I say this even though I I do have sympathy for morbidly obese people. I wouldn't want to be in that sort of physical state myself. But the reality is that it's a physical state you have to put yourself in. 
Nobody who exerts even the mildest effort to eat healthy and exercise will end up 200 pounds overweight. Okay, it might be difficult to, if you want to stay in good shape, especially as you get older, yeah, that takes sacrifice. That's difficult. But to simply not be 200 pounds overweight, that takes very little effort. Now, if it's your choice to live that way, it's your choice to shoulder the consequences. You can't demand that other people shoulder it for you. And that is why Sidney Watson is not canceled today, but her critics, in fact, are. And that'll do it for this portion of the show as we move over to the members block. Hope to see you there. If not, talk to you tomorrow. Godspeed.